Welcome. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this week's podcast episode. I have the wonderful Taylor on and she is from the Salty Blonde. Do you say co at the end or is that just your Instagram? I always wanted to know. It is the Salty Blonde originally like okay or registered as just the Salty Blonde but that was originally a hairdressing account. Oh okay. So co adding co was the clothing bit. But, okay, well, that just yeah. answered a question Whatever. Yeah. way down the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to do a quick spitfire just so people who might not know you yet will get to know you. So your age, where you're from, you know, all of the usual about yep. me section. Yep. So I've just turned 22, like, last week. 22. Um, yeah. Thank God did not play that song on my expecting it to be hammered um from perth uh western australia kind of oh what else can i say uh, people really only know me for my brand so i don't really talk about well, myself that much. that is what this is for so people can get to know you the behind the scenes of you yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so i grew up well born in perth and then moved down to esperance oh gorgeous um, yeah, then up to Carnarvon and then in Broome and then back to Perth yeah. um, to really properly settle down. And then, yeah, plan is move down south again in the next five years or so. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, man, you've been to like all of the perfect spots in WA. Like you've been down yeah. there. <laughs> that was a fly on my fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so weird. <laughs> I'm so hot too. Um, oh my god, you have been everywhere. Like Esperance, I started my travels around Australia. We started in Esperance, and I'd never been there before. And I went there, and then I finished Australia, and I was like, "Why did we start with Esperance?" Because every beach yeah. after that was just absolutely was... downhill compared yeah. to Esperance. Yeah. So gorgeous. Just... Whereabouts down south do you think you'll go? Um, probably like Dunsborough or something. It's mm. becoming real touristy, so it'd be good to open up a shop there, I reckon. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's the next Margaret River. Oh, hundred percent. So I wanted to share the hashtag overshare me this week, and this one is pretty full on. <laughs> when I read it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, <laughs> so basically, if those of you who are new to the podcast, the hashtag overshare me is kind of a section where people can talk to me, talk to us about just anything that they're feeling, a crazy story that they want to share, um, some inspiration, anything that they really just want to get off their chest. Um, especially it's kind of just like ways that you can just let go of things that might feel embarrassing and just make yeah. a laugh out of it. And I think that that's what's happened with this girl. <laughs> um, so this person said, and by the way, it's completely anonymous. Like I have no idea who's writing them in either. So I think it's a really good way to kind of just share what you need to share and then you're good to go. <laughs> like <laughs> no one knows who you are. Um, anyway, so this person said, had a one-night stand, condom came off inside me when he finished and he had to fish it out of my vagina <laughs> while his, you know what, was dripping out onto the bed. Mortifying no. and, and humbling experience. 
Oh, oh no. these, these stories just continue to show me that I live a very vanilla life, a very boring <laughs> life. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Anyway, that is a funny story, but actually that is mortifying. Um, that is very mortifying. That is mortifying. If you haven't listened to my What Pattern Fandom episode, my guest shared her story about um, a little something also getting stuck up there and having to fish it out. So it seems to be a common occurrence with my listeners. <laughs> oh, my lord! I can't um, relate. I, no, honestly, I can't relate. <laughs> no, I can't relate to any of these crazy sex stories. But speaking of overshares, we are going to now listen to Taylor's biggest overshare, which I'm so I don't know what anyone is going to say, so I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I had been thinking of one and, yeah, the couple I was thinking of were just like oh, trying to just keep it, you know, PG and <laughs> not too sure because I didn't want to expose myself too much. But there was one that came back to my mind and Loth was like, oh, yeah, that's not too bad. And I was like, oh, it's just. Stories can be mortifying for a business owner when you're trying to give yourself a good name. <laughs> and then um, you come on a podcast and just. <laughs> oh, 100%. So, yeah, like I said, I'm a hairdresser. So I was a bit picky when I first started my business with like who I went to and stuff. And I'd finally, finally booked in an appointment with quite a big salon in Perth, mm-hmm. like a good, well-known salon for mm-hmm. years now. Um, but the night before we all decided to have a bit too much to drink. (laughs) Um, so we went to one of my friend's houses and yeah, like one, I think we took like matzos over because we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll just have a, we'll have a a couple casual. Yeah. Yeah. My appointment was like at eight o'clock in the morning in Frio and I'm in Hillary's. So that's like, it's not like hell far away, Mm. but it's not like. 15 minutes down the road yeah yeah um anyway I ended up I remember going over obviously I remember having a couple of drinks and then I woke up on my driveway I don't have any recollection of the night at all like at at all and I think like these people at the party well not even a bloody party it was just like my friend and her boyfriend (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my friend, her boyfriend, one of our other friends, Lachlan, and the guy's like 14-year-old sister <laughs> and her 14-year-old Wait. friend. Wait. So, yeah, I so, so I would call. I, yeah, I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up on our driveway and I woke up to Lachlan being like, Taylor, like, go get changed. And I was like, what on earth like what the fuck like uh okay so I like kind of remember like coming into the house and I changed my top but I was like uh I'll keep my shorts on I had denim shorts on and I looked down I was like fuck my shorts are so heavy and I realized I pissed through all my shorts they were like (laughs) as if I jumped it was as if I jumped in a pool and the only reason I did I knew that I didn't jump in the pool was because it smelled like piss. And I was like, oh, fuck. But I was still like, I, I thought I wasn't drunk still. So I was like, why? Like, what? So I was like, so whatever. Confused. So like, just like literally left him on the floor. 
didn't even put them in the wash. I just remember like taking them off, putting on some new shorts. I'd like set up this cute outfit because I know that this salon like takes photos for their Instagram. Yeah. So like someone oh, no. managed to do like a little bit of foundation, chucked on this like expensive like halter neck that I'd bought <laughs> um, and some like nice pants like already just in case they wanted to take photos because I was getting hair extensions, I was getting the works done. Jumped in the car, went to Frio. This is like five o'clock in the morning because we were like, let's go to the skate park in Frio. Oh. All of a sudden, you I'm drunk like, at this point. Yeah, but I thought I was fine. Like, I had a blueberry <laughs> muffin, I had a nice coffee. Like, went to the skate park. I'm like, fucking sending it down like these ramps. I'm thinking, shit, like, I never have this confidence. I never go on the skate park to do that kind of stuff. So I was like, videoing like my boyfriend and my fiance and his best friend like skating around and I was like yeah this is so much fun and then next minute Lachlan's like all right I gotta take you to your hair appointment so I was like yeah yeah cool so this is like 7 30 now and I'm just so happy and I remember like walking into this high class salon and I sit down they're like all right like what are we doing with your hair today and I literally looked at her through the mirror went I think I'm still drunk and she was like, mm, okay. And I was like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> told her what I wanted. And then I went and sat around the table and like at this salon, like you pay like between five and $700 for your appointment. Oh my God. I'm sitting, ar- sitting around this table with all the other clients and all the other hairdressers. And oh. I thought, I didn't want to say like who I was because the Salty Blonde kind of like grew a name by this point. Everyone. Mm-hmm kind of knew about like the the, yeah the hairdressing and stuff like Mm. I don't even think I had clothing at this point so yeah I'm sitting around the table and they're like oh can we get you anything to drink they've got like a cute little drink menu and I was like oh you know peppermint tea would be great something nice and refreshing they made me my peppermint tea came back and then all of a sudden I'm just like dozing off through the appointment (laughs) and I can feel my head just like falling and falling and I can feel this hairdresser getting getting like pissed off at me I would be annoyed at me oh my god like not like just did not talk to her the entire appointment and then all of a sudden I kind of like woke up and I was like oh no I'm gonna be sick oh no I was waiting for I was waiting for you to say that and I was like no no no. I was like I'm gonna be sick and I said I was like trying to like hold it and I was trying to drink my tea and I was like, no, no, I'm actually gone. Like my glands were salivating. And I was like, can I please go to the toilet? And she was like, what? And I was like, I really need the toilet. And I got up and I was still drunk. So I'm like stumbling around this salon and the door, (laughs) she was like, it's in there. And I can hear people going, it's in there. It's in there. And I'm like trying to like force this door open. And as I'm trying to force this door open, which is in like the corner of this like massive room where everyone is. And as I'm trying to like rip this door open, I can hear someone inside the toilet (gasps) saying like, oh, like, hang on, sorry, like two seconds, two seconds. And then I passed out. Like I didn't remember, like I just remember trying to open the door and then I woke up on the floor covered in vomit and someone had like one of the hairdressers were like holding under my no. arms as if like as I fell I vomited and there was just like blueberry muffin and iced coffee oh. everywhere <laughs> uh, 
I was so embarrassed. They were giving me like towels to clean myself up and like clean all the cape up and stuff. I was like dripping with sweat and this is like middle of summer and I'm they gave me towels to clean myself instead I'm just sitting on the floor like leaning over just wiping the floor like all my vomit off and I was so mortified oh and then they like left my cape off the entire time so because I was sweating they like put me in a position where the aircon was on me all this, like, it had all this bleach had run down and bleached all my halter. Not I was like, the halter. And I was like, you know what? Like, who cares? They don't know me. And then after we finished this six hour appointment, the, the hairdresser goes, So did you have to cancel many clients to come here today? Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Far. Oh no. <laughs> I was so embarrassed and then on top of that I like ended up leaving I paid my $600 I left and I had to go sit out on the main road waiting for Lachlan to come pick me up and I was still smashed it was just one of those days oh but yeah my god that was so that's something that that was that was epic <laughs> Have you? Did you go oh. back there ever again? The friend's house? No. Or the hair, oh, salon. The hair salon? I had booked in my um, graduation hairdo in the <laughs> same salon. So I was like, really didn't want to go in, but I've got two salons. So I went into the one in the city. Mm. But the girl that I'd done my hair in Frio was in the city salon. No, and I are, was you me? are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And I just pretended like I had no idea. <laughs> you're like let's just pretend that that never happened I'm shocked that is (laughs) such a fucking good story I cannot believe I cannot (gasps) believe that holy (laughs) holy oh I can feel your your pain I'm like shaking at the moment because I'm like did I really just expose myself (laughs) so unprofessional no but honestly it's all about growth okay you learn from <laughs> we're yeah, all human okay, let's go with that. <laughs> I'm sure that we've all had circumstances like that truly that would have been such <laughs> a fucking whirlwind of a day the fact that you had to sit there for six hours drunk and then hung over and trying to be normal is just like beyond me. I could never. I would have just been like, I would have woken up drunk and be like, that's it. I'm just gonna cancel. I thought I was sober. I thought I was I was saying a lot. You must have like, been so drunk. Yeah, we, I was like, are we fine. on I'm the map though? Oh no, I found videos on my phone. We're like sculling vodka, like oh, I'm sculling no. coronas, never ah. drunk a beer in my life. And there's a video of me absolutely downing Mixing this all the drinks. Oh, my gosh. It okay. was something else. For all the listeners that out there that support salt, it's do as I say, not as I do, all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to tell Bodie. <laughs> yeah. Bodie, okay, mum's had a childhood. Mum's had a few stories. <laughs> but we all learn from it, okay? Oh, my God, that is hilarious. Okay, That is such a good story. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, But we're going to transition into the what's trending of the fortnight and the week. And for me at the moment, it is freaking maths. I don't know, Taylor, if you watch maths. Do you? Oh, my God. All right. Last episode is tonight. Oh, my God. 
Okay, I'm calling it. <laughs> Selena and Cody have broken up. That's the big bombshell of a breakup that I reckon. Really? Mm-hmm. I felt like it was going to be Olivia and Jackson. Oh, no. But, yeah. oh, hello, do you think Brent and Ella are going to get together? Brent and Ella? Yes. Have you been seeing it go round? No, I've refused to follow anything maths because I'm so oh. scared something's going to spoil it. Oh, man, I'm all about the spoils because I'm pretty sure that Mitch and Tamara are now a thing. What? But that all blew up. I know. Right. So here's a little. I used to do the girls um, on Bachelor in Paradise's hair. Oh, really? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. And I never used to watch reality TV. I haven't watched Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, the salon that I was working in at the time used to like take on everyone from Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, oh, all wow. the people. Yeah, so we'd do their hair. Um, so that way, like, we do it for free. So the salon would get some sort of, I don't know, like promotion, like influencing kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, and one of the, the girls' hair that I used to do, she used to say that they got paid like $4,000 a week to be on the show. And I don't know if this is the same as Love Island. Like I'm not talking on behalf of Love Island, but like so in Bachelor in Paradise, they used to like fight for the roses to be in a couple so they could so stay they could on get like another week. But then she came off and she actually started her own podcast with another girl on there. Oh, um, is it Life Uncut? Say, I actually don't know. I don't know if it's still a thing or not because I've not seen it anywhere. And this was like back in like 2017. Mm, but I listened to one. Yeah, she was saying, um, like, and I know, like, doing her hair, she is, like, one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. Um, and so was another girl that um, I used to do on and off as well. Yeah. And it was, like, when they when she went on the show, they just made her out to be the biggest bitch, like, such a cow. And she came off and, yeah, she started a podcast just calling out reality TV wow. and what it does behind the scenes. And I was just, like. Like, I can't believe they've made you look like this. And I know. Oh, it's it's but brutal. I feel like Olivia is just like that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, there's. But do you remember Olivia used to be like. They, they, nice. Olivia and Jackson had nothing at the start of the series because they were just like so yeah. happy and so in love that we didn't even see their dates or anything because they were obviously too perfect and not dramatic at all. And then all of a sudden. She and it was more like, oh, Dom, like keep your mouth shut, like stop having mm. an opinion all the time. Whereas now I'm Team Dom and fuck you, I Olivia. <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel sorry for the girl. She's obviously got some major freaking issues that she's so yeah. triggered by her, and like, there's no way that a happy person would be so fucking toxic like that. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't understand people like that, and no, like. People that say, oh, just so I don't want to give anyone any drama or energy, but then like continues to talk about it. It's like, well, yeah, you do. And care. that's when the experts, you were, do, yeah, get. the experts are calling her out so much. Oh, yeah. You know? They were good this year. Usually they're freaking yeah. like really subpar, but this year they yeah. actually called a lot of shit out. Um, anyway, we should probably stop talking about maths. <laughs> I was going to say this whole podcast is going to be about maths. <laughs> Literally. All right. Well, um, basically what this episode is going to be about, apart from, if you want a full math episode, I mean, I'm more than happy to talk about it because I'm yeah. 
Um, but what today we're going to be talking about is Taylor's birth story, which is going to be, I'm probably going to cry, um, because <laughs> uh, emotional, uh, bringing life onto this earth is just like a crazy thing. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about your business and the behind the scenes of everything, how it all came about. Um, we got some questions in, um, regarding your business. So a lot of people are really keen to get the little, uh, What's the, I don't even know what I was going to say, like the little niggly bits of your business. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, let's start from the beginning of when you found out you were pregnant. Um, okay. If people haven't seen your videos, um, just give like a brief overview on like how it all happened. Like what were your thoughts? How did you find out? Like did you have yeah. that mother's intuition everyone talks about or did you just like have to take a test and then realise? <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. So what happened? So basically we've not had like, Lachlan and I haven't had a baby in our like lives, like in our families for basically almost the whole time we we're together. Like I have like little cousins, but not like babies. Mm-hmm. And then in 2018, Lachlan's first nephew was born. Oh. And since then he's just been like baby obsessed. Yeah. He's like, like Think I'm a 2000s baby, so 2018. I'm 18. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm 18. He's 19, and he's just like, we should have a baby. And I'm like, wait, hang on a minute. No, rewind. Pause. Yeah, I'm like, I'm finishing up my apprenticeship here. Like, I can't have a baby. Like, what? Um, and we've been together since 2015. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's always been like a, if we do have one, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but Lachlan was definitely more maternal than I was. Like I tell you what, way more same I'm, as I'm, my partner. Yeah, I'm just more I, I was more career focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all like, okay, well, no, I, I wanna finish my apprenticeship, I wanna start um my own like salon, and then all of a sudden this clothing brand came into it. So mm-hmm. like I wanted to focus on that. So it was just always like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Yeah. And like in in the meantime, like we had another nephew born and then we had a niece born and now we've had another nephew born. Yeah. So we were always surrounded by babies. Um but yeah, it got to a point where I ended up saying to Lachlan, like, look, business is going really well. We've got our own house, like we've been in our own, like we've been living together since 2017, but living in the house that we're in now since 2018. Yeah. So we're well and truly like settled yeah um and we both really want to be young parents as well Mm, same so I yeah I ended up saying like look like I'm happy to just go unprotected and see what happens yeah whenever it happens Um, it'll happen yeah and like I think I was pretty much unprotected for maybe like 10 months and nothing had happened and I remember saying to one of my friends Jess I was like, oh, like, I'm actually kind of worried. Like, I I feel like I've been unprotected for so long and I've just not fallen pregnant. It's not like I'm, like, full trying mm. and stuff like that, but it's just like, oh, like, I thought it would have happened by now. Quicker, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was starting to stress thinking, is there something wrong with my eggs? And Jess mm. was like, oh, maybe, like, just go get checked just for peace of mind. Little did I know I was actually pregnant <gasps> when I was talking to her about it and I had no idea. Oh, my gosh. Um, so then I, one night I was, like, joking around with Lachlan and I was like, 
oh, like my period's like, ha, 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 might as well take a test. And I was like taking tests all the time because mm. I just wanted to know, like I was like, oh, I don't really want to be drinking and stuff and not yeah. know kind of thing. Like I know that I'm being unprotected. I feel like I should do these tests to make sure yeah. I'm not going to be drinking and stuff. Um, and, yeah, like one night I was joking around. I said, oh, like I might as well go take a test because my period's like blah, blah, blah. And then. Lachlan didn't really take it seriously. I didn't even take myself seriously. But the next morning, I think I had like one test left. So I was like, oh, I'll just do it anyway. And then, yeah, I did the test and it just came up positive. And oh my I God. was kind of just sitting on the toilet and I was like, oh, sick. Can't wait to tell Lachlan. That was <laughs> yeah. it. Like, You're not bothered. I was like, this is cool. Mm. Like, nice. I'm pregnant. Awesome. And just did not click for so long. <laughs> and then I was just like, oh, like, and it it was a day that Lachlan kept texting me like that. That was at six o'clock. Oh no, it would have been like seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And Lachlan had already gone to work, and he had like by midday he was texting me saying how he was just having like the shittest day and he just wanted to come home and like he never says that ever mm. and he was just saying that like he was having the worst day ever and I felt like oh my god like I have this news that I know will make you happy mm. and I just want to tell you so bad Aww. but I couldn't. So he came home and I had no idea how I wanted to do it. So yeah. I like set up my phone to record and I had made myself a tea, but like put the tea bag in it and I turned the kettle on and I like, he walked in and I was like, oh, babe, do you mind just like, can you just pour the, pour my tea for me? And I put the test right next to the kettle. So when he leaned over to yeah. grab the kettle, like he'd see it. But because he saw me filming, he was like, as he like went to grab the kettle he's like looking around the kitchen so he like completely did not see the test no. at all and I'm like pissing myself <laughs> laughing being like and he was like am I supposed to be seeing something and I was like yes like, you oh fucking God. idiot <laughs> and he's like holding the kettle and he went to put it back down like still looking around the whole kitchen I'm thinking oh my fucking god like <laughs> this did not what? go to plan Damn. at all <laughs> And as he put the kettle down, he like looked down, he saw the test and he was like, no fucking way. And he was just so happy. And he came like running at me and we like cried and cuddled and kissed. And oh, it was like, yeah, it was the best reaction ever. Um, oh my God. And then it was like, I'm All smiling right, so much. Appointment. <laughs> that first doctor's appointment, let's figure out. Like, I, I was so scared. Like I'd done three tests by this point. Mm-hmm. And they were all came back positive. So I was like, surely, like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Ended up going to the doctors and we we're like, do, we have, do I have to do a test to figure out if my three tests are correct? And she was like, no, if you've done three tests and they're all positive, you're definitely pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it had all like actually kicked in by then. I was getting excited. and How far um, along did you find out? So then, yeah, we had to book in a dating scan and it said that I was six weeks. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, six weeks. And I was stoked because I was like, oh, I'd hate to be pregnant like one or two weeks and find I out. literally say the same thing. Yeah. My patience. And then not be able to tell anyone. Yes. Oh. But also then the nine months is going to go so much longer. Like you're already six weeks in. You've knocked that time out and you <laughs> yeah. had no idea. I honestly think because of the time of the year, like I don't know if it's because I'm a really busy person anyway, but it was the quickest pregnancy ever. Yeah. Oh, you looked it like just, 
glowing. It flew. Mm. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just felt like it flew by and everyone's like, yeah, but you wait till those last weeks. And I'm thinking, okay. And the night before I went into labour, I was at Lachlan's parents' house with his family and they're all like, wow, you must be so sick of being pregnant now. And this was three days before my due date. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm You're fine. I could so stay chill. Pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is fine like it doesn't bother me like I didn't have any problems throughout my pregnancy I was like I think the worst thing I had was my sciatica so I just had a sore Mm. back all the time yeah um but other than that I had no problems so I was thinking like oh my god I'm gonna have a shit birth if I've had like no problems with the pregnancy and then yeah so then that night I went into labor Mm, I woke up at yeah I woke up at 12 at night and I was like everyone says like oh you'll know when you have contractions you'll know but then there's also like Braxton Hicks which Mm. yeah like false contractions yeah um and inconsistent so like I was having these inconsistent pains and I thought oh it's just Braxton Hicks um and then for two hours I was just lying in bed like timing to see if they were consistent or not um and then I ended up waking Lachlan up at 2 a.m I was like, they're getting really painful. Like, I think they're contractions. And then he was like, oh, my God, like, let's call birth suite. So we, like, called the birth suite line. And they're just like, oh, look, like, it does sound like you're in labour. Just try to get some rest um, and call us in the morning if it's still happening. Wow. I did not get rest. It is fucking painful. (laughs) And then at 6 a.m. I said to Lockman, I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like this is so messed up. Um, And like I'm pretty good with pain. So I was just like, nah, this, this hurts. Like this is like almost bringing me to tears. Yeah. So we called up again. They were like, yeah, come in. And I Uh thought oh, my God, like, this is happening. Like, this is <laughs> it. Probably, we're probably going to see our baby today. So, yeah, we rushed to the hospital and had to have a bloody rats test to be able to get in. Oh, I'd never had kidding. one before. And this was, like, out in, like, basically the parking lot. You had to get these rats tests done. Why are you so having I'm, contractions? I'm in labour, basically, <gasps> like, having contractions, sitting outside, and there's, like, I'm sitting there with Lachlan, my student midwife. We got my hospital bag, and I'm just sitting in this chair having contractions like every minute um and the two ladies that were doing all the rats tests they're just like oh someone's having a baby today and this isn't a joke like this is hectic (laughs) yeah I'm like can you please just get that test and then we obviously all came back negative and we went in and they checked and they were like okay you're dilated to three centimeters Mm -hmm. um but we don't really let anyone into the suite until you're four centimetres. So you can either stay for like an hour and you like have to stay here for an hour like this um, or you can go home and blah, blah, blah. And they said, look, we recommend you go home because we don't feed you once you're in here. Mm. So she said, go home, have a bath, try like push through these contractions, just like let them go and then come back when you can't handle it anymore. And she said, even if you just go home for an hour. So I was like, okay. How far away so do we you left. live? Um, only 15 minutes, like 10, 15 okay. minutes. Yeah. So not far. Um, and then we drove home and I had a bath. 
Lachlan made me some like cheese on toast, but I ended up like vomiting it back up because oh. the contractions were just like really painful. So I had nothing in my stomach. Um, was struggling to even keep water down. And I was just sitting in the bath and then, yeah, I'd already had a shower that day because when they were like, yeah, yeah, come now, I was like, I need a shower because I feel like dirty. Mm, <laughs> I just woke yeah. up. So I'm like sitting in the bath and then I said to Lachlan, like, oh, it's like getting really painful. So it's been two hours and we'd gone back and I had dilated to six centimetres, which was hectic. That was like, whoa, that was quick. Like you weren't so supposed you to went dilate from, that much. You went from three, three to, six. to six in two hours. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And they were like, okay, wow, let's get you in the, in the room. So I, like, went mm. into the room and I was expecting, like, this tiny little room. They're actually really nice. Like, there was a couch in there and everything. Like, it, it felt, like, really homely. Yeah. And I'm, like, sitting on the bed and they gave me the gas and they were, like, here, like, this will help. It didn't help. It made me so lightheaded. made me feel oh, sick. So, like, lots of people say really, that. Yeah, I just ended up, like, taking it out. I was like, no, nah, I don't want it. Um. And they said, but, and I kept having contractions and they were like, all right, like, do you want any pain relief? And I was like, oh, like, I think I'll take the epidural just because I'm so tired. Mm. Like the contractions were just like happening like every minute now. So I was just like, oh, I'm just tired and I just want to not feel this. And they were like, yeah, look, like you've probably got another four centimetres before you can actually go into like active labour anyway. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so they were setting it all up and it was like proper movie scene. It's quite scary. It's like the tin, um, the yeah, like the tin trolley and it's got all these oh. like things lined up on it, <laughs> like this huge fucking needle. And I was like, oh, oh no. shit. I would not look at the needle, no way. Yeah, and Lachlan's like holding my hand as I'm on a bed and then I just felt this like burst and all this fluid down my leg and I was like, and Lachlan's just like, uh, something happened happened to the my student midwife and the midwife that was with me um and they ran over but I couldn't even say what was happening because my body went into involuntary pushing so I was I was pushing like my waters had broken and my body was just pushing through the same contraction and I was like oh oh my god and then when the contraction finished the midwife was like are you pushing and I was like like I don't mean to, like, I've not read up anything on pregnancies or anything. I don't know how labor works. I don't know if that was supposed to happen, but she was just like, what the hell? Like, are you pushing? And I was like, I don't mean to. Like, Mm. she was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, It just means that you're now 10 centimeters. And I'd been in the room for not even half an hour kind of thing. Oh, And they thought I was was like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're getting this baby out. And so every contraction I had, my body was pushing for me. So I didn't really <gasps> have a That's choice. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it was crazy. I didn't even know it was a thing. And I was like, is this supposed to be happening? And they were like, look, um, you're not having an epidural. This baby's coming. And I was like, oh, what? They're <laughs> not the words you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what on earth? And I felt like my student midwife, the thing that got me through that first bit was because she said, oh, my God, he's got so much hair. And Aww. I was like, they can see his head. I was like, it's close. Like, it's so close. And I've been pushing for, like, 10 minutes maybe. Yeah. And I was like, what on earth? And then all of a sudden, like, they were like, oh, yeah, like, his head's out. Like, you just need one more push. And I'm thinking, 
what the fuck? Don't people say they're in labors for like up to like between like 10 and 24 hours? I was in labor for 20 minutes. And this, oh, oh my like, God. What? It was crazy. And I was like, no way. And it was all natural and it, it just stung, if anything. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of mums have said that after you've had the baby, like you don't really remember labor. Mm-hmm. And I really, like I don't, like I remember thinking at the time, like this is fucking birth control at its finest. Like I'm never <laughs> doing this again. Like it stung more than in, like it hurt. So I was like, nah, fuck this. It hurts. I don't want to do it anymore. And then my body pushed one more time and I saw this baby and my umbilical cord was actually wrapped around his neck twice. And so my student wife, student midwife have to like, she got to um, catch the baby, which was amazing. I wanted Mm. her to. I didn't even know she did. Lachlan had to tell me afterwards all. And then she pulled the umbilical cord off from around his neck. And I wasn't stressed or anything, but one of the midwives was like, kept telling me like, your umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do about that. Like, do you, are you, are you I can't you help it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't help it. I'm such a chill person as well. So I'm like, it's done now. Like yeah. he's fine. Like, I don't know if she was like trying to get something out of me. Yeah. Well, that's and I wasn't, of, yeah, like, it was weird, but like, I was like, okay, whatever. And then this baby was like chucked on my chest. And I was like, oh my God. Holy fuck. I'm <laughs> <I> a just, mother. <laughs> I was like this baby's here but like still like just like super chill attitude thinking like yeah sick there's a baby yeah. <laughs> I've got a baby and I looked up at Lachlan like Lachlan was like tearing up and like trying to hide it and then that <laughs> like I'm a sympathy crier so because he was crying I started crying and I was so happy um but honestly I'd say the worst part about the labor is not the labor itself and the contractions and the pushing, I tore. Oh. So I had to get stitches. Oh, and that's my worst fear. That is just way worse than labour. Oh, that don't is tell so me that. Worse. <laughs> and so, what even what was even worse is this doctor came in to do the stitch, like to do the stitches for me. Yeah. And I was just like inhaling this gas by now. Like I was not letting it out of my mouth. I had, I was holding this baby on my chest and I had Lachlan holding the gas in my mouth and I had like clenched my teeth on it. So we couldn't pull it out because the midwives kept going, you need to let her have some fresh air. And I'm thinking, nah, my like vag is on fire. (laughs) So I'm like holding it on. I'm like dozing off. And I hear this midwife, like I see the doctor going to do one stitch as he went to do it. I hear this midwife go, what are you doing? And like pull his hand away. And I saw like Lockman like a bit freaked out. And I thought, what the fuck's going on? Apparently he was going to stitch my whole vagina together in one go. Right. And I was like freaking out. So he must have been like a student or something. I have no idea. No (laughs) way. It just seemed like he just didn't want me to have kids again. <laughs> He's like, she's like, done. Zip, zip, zip. Oh, no, yeah. that's fucking bad. Yeah, so this midwife had to take over and I was like, oh, my God. And this same doctor had probably, like, how you have your cannula in your hand. Mm. I had about 
four different holes in one arm and one in the other because he just couldn't get a vein. So it was just oh, like it sounds oh. like it needs to fucking stop being a doctor. Yeah. But he was he was so nice and he seemed like really professional and probably like he'd been doing it for years. So I couldn't pick up if he was a student or not. Maybe but he's yeah, having just a bad that. day. I have no idea. But yeah, so that all happened. Um had my stitches and went back to the room. And the one thing I was really worried about was because of the whole corona thing, I was worried mm. Lachlan would have to go home straight away. Yeah. Um, Because basically he becomes a standard visitor after four hours. So oh. when the baby's four hours old, Lachlan has to, like, leave. But it fell into visiting hours after that four hours. So he got to stay for another two. Um, I went and got settled in my room and... Yeah, bought all these like brand new like Peter Alexander jammies just yes. for the hospital. Went to the body shop, spoiled myself so I could have like Hell a nice yeah. shower and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, like you just bleed and bleed and bleed. Yeah. Like breathing is really difficult because you went from having this like, like Bodhi was 4.05 kilos. Mm. So I went from like carrying around this four kilo thing in my stomach with placenta and fluid and all this stuff to nothing and my yeah. stomach like I just felt like I couldn't catch my breath it was the weirdest feeling ever did you feel lighter or just weird like just odd it just like I just couldn't catch my breath it was just like I was leaning forward yeah it was like yeah it definitely felt lighter because it felt like there was something missing and there was yeah. <laughs> it was a human missing from inside wow. of me that's actually like you never really think about that part of postpartum like you're literally like no. alone in your body again like that's just crazy yeah yeah wow and it was like one big fear of mine was just even being in another room from Bodhi because I was yeah. like oh like I don't really want to be away from him like mm. I've just carried him for nine months in my stomach and now like people are already talking about like wanting to babysit him and stuff and I'm thinking mm. Oh, what the fuck? Like, no, not yet. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that they didn't mean like as of right then and there, but yeah, it's just such a scary feeling to have carried and grown something for so long. And then, yeah, like the thought of it not being near you. Yeah. Oh, it, that, that's a stressful feeling that I didn't, I don't know oh. if all mums go through it, but I was saying, oh, I, I think they would. That seems like, yeah. but so understandable. Like, it makes yeah. so like you form such a strong connection and bond because you know he was literally inside like does I go into like spirals thinking about stuff like that like when I'm pregnant I'm like I cannot believe that there is going to be an actual living human being inside of me like just living off me that is just absolutely like crazy to me to think about but like I feel you had such a chill like, as you said, you're a chill person, go with the flow. I feel like that's helped you heaps with, yeah. like, your pregnancy. Even it seems like your fucking labour. Like, your body just <laughs> pushed for you. You can't wish anything like that. Like, it just. I know. That is just they were incredible. Saying, yeah, they were saying, like, that kind of labour you expect from someone that's had two to three babies already, not their yeah. first, and not 21. And I was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, 100 and how has your postpartum kind of recovery been? 
Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think I just stopped bleeding last week. So that was four weeks of just like pads and period undies and yeah, uh, stitches. You just you can't sit properly. And during the night, you've got to wake up to feed every couple of hours and sitting up was really difficult. But yeah, there's all these like tips and tricks. And I always said to myself, like pregnancy was a breeze, labor was a breeze. If these stitches are going to be like the worst thing right now, then I'm doing pretty well. Like I've got yeah. nothing really to complain about. Exactly. So, and yeah. it'll always, like it'll heal anyway. So it's only a short-term exactly. pain. Which is really. And it is healed. Yeah, it's yeah. all healed now. So it feels great. <laughs> I feel like normal. Yeah, you're a new human again. You're back to the old <laughs> I, um, What do you think you're most looking forward to as a parent and like as a mother? Because I feel like being a young mum, which I definitely want to be as well, and just your outlook on life and your whole just like aura personality is so different. Like do you feel like you're going into it a lot more differently than like the average Joe Blog? <laughs> or like um I keep well I always said that I wanted to like oh, I don't know like I always said oh the baby will fit into my life the baby will fit into my life and then yeah. I thought I always in the back of my mind was like oh the, this opinion could change like because he's not here yet and everyone says like it's so different like when he's actually there but he came out and when he was six days old we drove three and a half hours north to my grandparents farm slept in the caravan for two nights and then uh last week we were down south in Dunsborough again yeah like for my birthday week and I know yeah he's just He's just doing whatever we do. So we've really not changed. Like I think we're going to go down south again this weekend um, in the caravan. Like, yeah, yeah, he's just he's just tagging along, really. I know, and that is so freaking beautiful to hear. Like, so I feel like a lot of people, especially surrounding me and a lot of people just have that idea that, oh, like once I have a baby, my life's over. And that's not the case. And you are the perfect example that that isn't the case. And you can live your life. You're not, you can still live. And just because you have a child, yes, there's an extra couple of steps that you need to take in your daily ritual or, you know, to get to that destination. But you can still do it. And I feel like that is just like the most perfect example of that it is possible and that it's okay to do that. Yeah. And I think the best thing like was pre-baby, I felt guilty for sitting down and not Mm. working. Like I'm a workaholic. Like all I do is work. (laughs) Like it's it's, all I've always have been. Mm. Um, So sitting down, I always felt guilty. Whereas now being a mom and having a baby, I can sit down and be like, yeah, I actually need to sit down and rest. Like You're content. <laughs> so yeah, and like if I do feel really unproductive, unproductive, and feel do feel guilty, I'll just do some work on my phone. Like whether that's posting a couple of stories or I don't know, posting a sale. So then that way, the next day I've got a busy day and I can feel productive again. Yeah. Like I can be like, oh, it was good. I rested yesterday because today's now fucked busy. <laughs> yeah, I think though as well. I read a quote the other day, and it's like you don't need to be ashamed of rest because you're resting for a reason and you need to take that time off and you need to recalibrate and, you know, focus and grow and whatnot. So I feel like it's completely fine. You're also a mother now. You're like, you have two businesses. You are a person, you have a relationship, like you have so much on your plate 
And if you have to take a day out to just fill up your cup again, then I feel like you're doing freaking well. Um, (laughs) And mothers need to just give themselves way more credit. Like you have so much on. It's okay to be tired. Um, Yeah. But I feel like it's, yeah, as I said before, like the fact that you're also just not letting that stop you and you're still wanting to live your life and do the things that you wanted to do, even though you now have a child is just really admirable and inspiring I think definitely for me for wanting when I have a child in the future um it's good to know that it's worked for someone you know Um, yeah which I feel like is really special but how is the dynamic with you and Lachlan now like has it changed because I know some people say that you know they it's kind of get gets put on the back burner but have you kind of like navigated a way to help that he's um it's actually been really good I feel like we're a lot closer like mm. it's good because I don't know how to explain it like we're still the same we still yeah. do like everything we still talk to each other the same it's not like we're ignoring each other or angry at each other mm. like you hear stories about how the moms yell at the dads in yeah. labor um like pushing and stuff and look when I left because I said to him before I went in I was like I'm sorry like you know that if I say anything it's because I'm on the drugs and I'm in a lot of pain and like I was trying to like justify my actions mm. before I even knew if I was actually going to do that or not mm. and the whole time all he did was hold my hand and tell me how amazing I was and he was absolutely loving the experience and it was awesome like and now he's just as maternal as I am like I didn't realize how maternal I actually was until Bodhi came earthside yeah um but like last night i so generally I express one bottle a night so Lockman can do a feed each night so I don't have to wake up like yeah. three or four times. Um, but I left my pump at my mum's house so I had to wake up to do all the feeds. Oh. But he was like, all right, you wake me up each time. Like I'll change his nappy so that way oh. you can just go straight back to bed. And it was good because like no matter what, as soon as I wake him up, like he's like wide awake. He's like, all right, yeah. what do you need me to do? Oh, like, so he's just so supportive. Yeah, I feel oh, like that's beautiful. I would not be able to do this without him. Yeah. Oh God, don't you make me emotional? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want with a partner. That's what you want, like your your child's father to be like. That's just so yeah. freaking. That is so special. I am. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that. I um just wanted to end this little birth and pregnancy section with. What do you think, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a mama like yourself just in regards to absolutely anything, motherhood, pregnancy, labour, birth, not birth, um, pregnancy? Yeah. No, I'm right. My brain's just all frazzled. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, the one piece of advice is, is don't take advice mm. from yeah, I don't know. I think just take it as it comes. I th- yeah. think a lot of people told me a lot of things um, that really stuck with me and then didn't end up, yeah, happening. Like yeah, the whole like, oh, like you're so young, your body is like your body will bounce back. Like don't worry about stretch marks but I'm covered in them and they're mm-hmm. not going to go. Like I'm probably going to have a saggy tummy now for the rest of my life mm. and it's probably going to get worse with every kid I have. And I think that hit me hard because I was like, 
everyone told me that stretch marks were bad and that, yeah, like my body will bounce back. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, like even if I do get stretch marks, like who cares? It's fine. Whereas now I'm like, okay, this is me now. This is my new body. I've got these things that look like huge scars running up and down my thighs and my belly. Um, So I wish I never, I wish someone had never told me that. I wish someone had never said like, oh, you're so young, your body will bounce back. And Mm. advice being like, oh, like don't give your baby a dummy because it's going to be so hard to take the dummy off them when they're older. So I felt ashamed if I had to give Bodhi a dummy, whereas Mm. today was actually the first time we attempted a dummy with him because I was like, why, like, why did we have to listen to that advice? Like, Yeah, it's unsolicited. Yeah, I think my best advice is listen to people's experiences. Mm. That's one thing I did. I was just like watching birth vlog after birth vlog. Like I loved everything. Every birth was so different Mm. and outcomes were so different. Yeah. So, yeah, listen to experiences. Don't compare. Um, Just take things as they come. Like mama knows best. Even when you're pregnant, you're still a mom. So you know what's best for your baby. Yeah, don't take any advice on because you'll you'll come to learn your own advice and yeah. that is so important. I even though I'm not a mom, like I 100% agree. I see so many people out there just giving all this different advice, and that is just so. It's just everyone's so important. 100%, and everybody is different. And like with yeah. me, that is just a perfect example of that case that not everybody is exactly the same um yeah so giving advice is just like throwing a bloody pin and then just seeing where it lands just a bit of a stereotype as well like that's Mm. that's going to stay with you that bit of advice and you're going to live by that and then if it doesn't work out in your favor yeah you're going to feel either like let down or yeah yeah no 100 percent um thank you for sharing your birth story with us I know it's super super like it's a super vulnerable thing talking about it um super personal so um I know that you wanting you were wanting to film a birth vlog so I thought that this would be perfect for you to just share your experience so you don't have to do a million different things Um, (laughs) saves me videoing and editing yeah no 100% and I I think it's going to be perfect um for you and for the listeners and for your followers but now I really want to get into your business side because, as you said, you're a workaholic. I love that. I am too. I don't know. Have you done like your Enneagram test? Have you ever heard no, of that? No, what is that? No. Oh, my God. You need to do it. It's basically like a personality test that you do and it, you're either one of nine of these Enneagram mm-hmm. numbers um, and I'm a three and a three is basically like a workaholic, always strives for success, always doing things, oh. always making businesses. Like yeah. every hobby yeah. I have, I'm like, oh, I could turn that into a business. <laughs> oh, it honestly, is... don't even get me started. I'm the exact same. <laughs> I have probably gone to start like six businesses. <laughs> I just oh. love the process of it. And then I'm like, hold up. Am I actually passionate? About, am I actually going to like do this? But yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, I get you. So I understand, but you have, so do you still do your hair on the side or is that more so the clothing? I, 
well, so I stopped hairdressing when I was pregnant because the fumes of the bleach and the peroxides when they mixed together mm-hmm. were making me like almost faint. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped doing that and now, and I just put my full-time effort into the clothing and now the clothing is doing so well that I don't need to go back to hairdressing. Yep. So That's I'm still perfect. tossing whether, yeah, still tossing whether I do it or not. It to be honest, be all my little... hairdressing... Yeah, all my hairdressing stuff's up for sale on Facebook Marketplace, but (laughs) no one's grabbed it yet. So I'm like, Mm. okay, maybe it's a sign. Maybe I'm supposed to keep doing it. But, yeah, I'm not too sure yet. It could be a little side thing to do because you obviously love to do it. So I feel like every now and then for your, like, loyal clients, I'm sure that you just do it for them. Um, Yeah. So how long have you been running Salty Blonde? Um, so I started in June 2019. Yeah. So I got fired from my last salon and I started my own the next day. Oh, look, what a perfect <laughs> reason. I love Everything that. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So did you start the clothing in 2019 as well or was that a little bit later? Yeah. So I actually started the clothing while I was working in my last salon. So yeah. I went to Bali. Um. And I knew I wanted to do something with clothing, but I wasn't too sure what, like whether it was going to be like renting, designing, wholesaling. Mm. I didn't know yet. Um, Yeah, just like I was always that person that would buy the most wax stuff at op shops and try and turn it into something. Yeah. Um, I I was always like super, (laughs) I was always super passionate about, yeah, clothes and styles and I just find like, if people have a style, it makes them like 10 times cooler. So yeah. I was always trying to find a style, um, yeah, that I really liked and stuff. So I wanted to do something with clothing, um, but I wasn't sure what. And I wasn't that passionate about it, whereas like with hairdressing, I was so passionate. I was like, mm. I want a salon. I want my own staff. Like I was very quick into jumping and starting my own business. I made sure I worked my ass off to get to where I wanted to be with it. Um, so, but then we went to Bali and we walked into this like little shop, um, and they were all like these little florally dresses. And I said to the owner, I was like, oh my God, like if I had my own shop, like I'd love to have stuff like this in here. Like Mm. just randomly, like me being a hairdresser, just absolute talk shit to oversharing. (laughs) Yeah. Just to have a conversation. And the lady was like, oh, like we do wholesale. I thought. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Like, okay. And then we were having like a chat about it. And yeah, she was like, Oh, like, look, um, the best thing you can do. Cause I was like, How do I do this? Like, what do I do to start? Like, how can I do it? And she was looking at me like, Oh my God. She's um, serious. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's serious, but she's also like right up in my face. And I kind of <laughs> wanted to leave. <laughs> um and she was like, the best thing you can do is just like buy a few pieces, wash them, see how you like them, wear them. Um, and if you like it, then we can give you some sample prices and you can take things home and have another look and um, told us all the, the minimum order quantities. And then I was like, okay, so Lachlan and I spent like $500 in there on samples, but they were all full priced and we went back to the hotel and I was wearing them. I was getting photos in them, sending them to my friends, thinking like, oh, like, what do you think of this? And they were like, wow, that's so nice. Like as if you got that from Bali. Like I think everyone thinks you get like the cheap 
kind of yeah. crap on the side of the road, but this stuff was like really nice. And yeah, I was like, oh, like, Lachlan, what do you think? We're like sitting by the pool and we were leaving the next day. And I yeah. was like, what do you think? Do I do it? Like, do I start this business? And he was like, ah, do whatever you want. I was like, okay. So <laughs> we, we're in Cuda and we walked back to Seminyak. Um, and I had emptied out my bag and we walked back to Seminyak and we basically, yeah, with our last like $700 um, of spending money, I was like, I said to the lady, yeah, like I want to, I want to get the samples. Like I want to do a bulk order, like let's do this. So she gave me a bunch of samples, like paid for them. And then I did like my first like little bulk order of just like two to three pieces per thing. Mm-hmm. shoved them all in this bag and then went wow. back home um got tonsillitis so I was off so I couldn't go to the salon for a week and I was just sitting in the bed created my ABN started Shopify wow um, yeah like did all these like YouTube tutorials on how to set up my Shopify went and got heaps of photos and these things and then launched and that wow. was sort of when Co was born holy so that was you just basically just walked into a shop one day and you were like I want to do this this is what I want to do (laughs) I love that so it's really hard when people are like oh like how'd you start I want to start my own business I'm like you will never be able to start the way I did (laughs) I mean maybe now that Bali's back open so did you ever have that thought that you were going to start like designing and making your own clothes or did you kind of just kind of wake up one day and go oh I want to do that I wanted to design my own clothes but I just don't know anything about anything like Mm. I did like I had a sewing machine I knew how to make a pillowcase kind of thing (laughs) yeah I did not know how to make clothes um and I didn't know what style I wanted to go for, but I was really into that like arm and spell kind mm, of yep. florally, like flowy dresses. And so that's why I thought that was awesome. And then when they said that they wholesaled, it kind of just meant that I didn't have to do the designing. I didn't yeah. have to do any of that. I just had to stock these things on a mm-hmm. shop and yeah. just buy their, yeah, at their wholesale prices. So it was perfect. And it still meant I could do hairdressing full time mm. while just having to order this it wasn't too much work other than you know making sure that I had to be able to have the funds to pay for it all and like yeah and take photos and add it to the website and that was basically it but it was very slow like it wasn't doing anything for ages so it wasn't actually until corona happened and everyone got stuck in lockdown yeah um that online shopping became such a big thing So Corona was definitely a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I I ended up selling all my stock and I kept ordering and then selling and ordering and selling. And then um, my suppliers just disappeared one day and they stopped. Yeah, this lady who I was working with stopped talking to me. And it wasn't like she was nasty or anything. Every time we went back to Bali, we were, like, visiting her, like, talking to her, bringing stock back. Like we did, like Lachlan and I had a good relationship with the family that owned it. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, for her to disappear, it was kind of sad and scary because all the social media posts about um, Bali going downhill and yeah. people dying and the healthcare system not being good over there, I just 
yeah, I just assumed the worst yeah. with my little family that I was working with. So I was left without a supplier. <laughs> my God. Not knowing what happened. So, yeah, I ended up changing the game and thinking, you know what, like I was forcing myself to wear that style of clothing when I was turning into just a T-shirt and jeans kind of person. Yeah. Um, but I felt like because I was selling flowy florals that I had to wear that. So I was mm-hmm. like the my own brand was kind of taking away my own, like what I actually wanted my style to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my cousin said like, oh, like, you know what, like if you're changing, you're allowed to change your brand. I'm like, yeah, but I'm changing it from this really clean, bohemian line and I really want to go towards more of like a vintage grunge surf line yeah I was like that's going to be a full 180 but yeah she was like just do it so I was like yeah you know what fuck it I'll just do it (laughs) so I started working on t-shirts and Mm. all sorts and now it is what it is now and yeah now I have the time to design pieces which I didn't realize I could actually do it was a lot easier than trying to make them yourself yeah no that is so good so do you so you said you designed, do you design most of the like ideas or concepts or do you work yeah, like, so, closely with someone? Um, so I do all the designs of the styles. Yep. Um, but when it comes to like the graphic designing, um, like the prints on the swimwear and um, my profile picture being my logo, um, my thank you cards, like how they're displayed out, my stickers, they're all designed by one of my clients actually from when I was a hairdresser I found out she was a graphic designer yeah and she was like oh I could make all this for you so she's the groovy lines is the face behind all that Charlotte she's done that for me for a couple of years now oh awesome um except for some things I have done myself like just drawn on my iPad myself and been like that that's not too bad like my (laughs) winter collection's my little design um actually like the little surf girl on my crop that was another client just designed it at an appointment for me and so I used that yeah yeah so yeah all that kind of stuff um I leave to girls that are better doing like better off doing it but yeah all like the styles the choosing the materials all that like that's all that's all you (laughs) that is but isn't that just so surreal like have you ever seen someone out in public wearing salty blonde and all, you're like all the time <laughs> what do you feel like the first time you saw that were you just in awe like holy shit someone is wearing my design like my clothes yeah well, the first time I saw it I was sitting outside a cafe um and Lachlan and I were sitting on our skateboards and he kind of like peeped behind this like wall and he was like okay Taylor I don't want you to freak out but someone's about to walk past in your dress and I was like get fucked really and then this girl walked past and I'm like trying to like Snapchat her secretly and I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, mom, dad, look. like. And then Aww. like we'd go down to our beach house like down south and someone else is walking past and saying, and I was like, oh, my God, like this is so cool. That is so awesome. Oh, that would, yeah. that would just be so surreal just looking at that. Like that is so incredible. Just moving from that, like what do you think, because obviously you, you've had a small business um, with your hair, but then this is like a totally different field. So the positives yes. and negatives of having a small clothing brand business is really different from hair, would you say? So mm-hmm. what do you oh, think yeah. 
would be like the positive parts of owning a clothing brand and also the negative aspects of it? Um, The positive parts is that now that it's doing so well that this is my full-time gig. Mm. So I work for myself doing whatever the hell I want, whenever I want. (laughs) Um, It's different to hairdressing because I don't have like appointments booked in, like I don't have to be ready. Um, I can stay in my jammies all day. Like it doesn't matter. Um, So the positives is that, that being one. Um, another one, obviously, seeing people in public in it. Yeah. Um, another one, like people sharing on social media, people messaging, saying how much they love my stuff. Um, yeah, like people also messaging saying that I'm inspiring and Aww. that they want to do this one day. And yeah, that I'm someone they look up to. And yeah, yeah, that's really nice as well. They're all positives. Like basically, 90% of the time, the brand's positive but the negatives are probably um forking out thousands of dollars Mm. and not knowing if your launch is going to sell out or not that would be sell at all yeah that's stressful because yeah there's been times where my bank's gone from up high to like dollars Mm. and thinking like okay well and did I just make a massive mistake is this even going to sell um it's so always such always a gamble scary. Mm. yeah um also like keeping up with trends and stuff like if you can't True. keep up with trends like uh what else no oh negatives just like people complaining about the most the most absolute bullshit you're a one one woman team yeah, well, I'm lucky now because I've got Lachlan on Mondays, hence the reason why I've been able to be on this because he can look after Bodhi in the other room. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that'd be a negative. When, okay, so a massive, massive thing being small clothing is everyone wants you to be sustainable. Mm. Everyone wants you to be sustainable. Like if you're not sustainable, your brand's not good enough. Yeah. But some people are like, oh, my God, like, cool, Salty Blonde. She does organic cotton teas, bamboo crops. She does, like, no, like, plastic packaging. Like, everything's great, but it'll never be good enough for some. Yeah. Some people, they'll still message and they'll still be like, you're doing this, that's wrong. You're doing that, wow. that's wrong. And mm, just it's like at your business. Yeah. And they can just pull all the negatives that you're doing wrong without a single positive and... Like I've just got to cop it on the chin and be professional. Yeah. And you can't so. you can't hit every single aspect. Like let's just say, yeah, you've got really sustainable packaging. You've got sustainable, like you can't, no one can say that for some of their businesses that they have. Like you were doing yeah. so much to help, you know, the world, the environment, you know, our lives. And if the fact that, okay, you might not do one thing, it's not going to be the yeah. end of the world. Like you, you've done so much else in another aspect. Like people that nitpick at things like that is just ridiculous. But I, I do get heaps of messages back from a lot of like plus size girls saying like it's really hard. Like for girls like us, everyone says like mm. we should buy from op shops, but we want to support small businesses, but small businesses can't cater for our sizes. Yeah, and- yeah. And then, like, that's hard from a small business point of view because if you mm. have to stock another size, you have to it's pay a lot another, of money. yeah, bulk amount and you don't even know if you're going to sell it all. Mm. So it is, yeah, it's such it is a gamble. Hard. It's such, 
it's a lot and that the thing is like the moral of that is you can't make everyone happy um and you kind of just have to let go of that which is it's hard like it's hard to let go of like I don't know about you but like I'm a people pleaser so the oh yeah the (laughs) fact that I couldn't make you know that person happy or blah 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 hurts but you have to think of the bigger picture and you know one day you could extend like extend your sizing or you know you could go xyz and but it just doesn't have to be right this second um something that i want to touch on it's kind of controversial um what is your views on like influencer marketing and like all of that thing because i have it's not even a small business. It's like a little hobby business um, that I do like in the town that I'm in. I sell like crystals and stuff like that. Um, and I get so many messages and emails of people going like, hi, I love your brand. I would like if you could send me free things and I can post a photo. And yeah, then I would see and they wouldn't even be following me. They wouldn't have liked any. Oh, like yeah. They wouldn't have engaged. And <laughs> yeah, they want free things to promote to their 1,000 followers. And, like, do you get that? Because I feel like having oh, a, yes. a business like oh, yours. Yes. Yeah, I get messages. I probably get, no joke, at least five a day, at least mm. five messages, emails a day. Um. A lot of like, hey, like I'm 14 and I'm famous on TikTok and blah, 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 blah. And like, like it's like, oh, send me free stuff. Everything, send me free stuff, send me free stuff. And then a lot of the time I reply and I'm nice. I'm like, oh, like, look, like I'm sorry, we're not looking to anyone at the moment. Um, and then, I don't know, like there's days where I'm like that. There's days where I just leave the message I don't reply there's some days I leave them on red and then there's some days that I'm like do you understand the disrespect of this message (laughs) and then some people don't like that I reply that and they're like they they snap back and (laughs) yeah I'm like it's hard like you're putting so much money effort time into your business a way that people can you know, get onto PR, especially with small businesses, is buy from the business first, support the business, mm. post in the business. Um, and then obviously, you know, I, I can't speak for you, but, you know, for other brands, I've heard that, you know, when they're doing that and they're just genuinely actually in love with the brand and the business and people are actually buying because of them and because of that, that's when you can have the conversation of, okay, let's sit down let's try figure out something that can benefit the both of us but just sending that cold message that you copy this fly that you copy and paste (laughs) and send to every brand it's a lot it's inauthentic and yeah you can see straight through it can't you yeah that's a funny thing as well as like a lot of people will message me being like I love your wetsuits blah blah like hi the salty blonde co team I'm so and so I don't even read the whole paragraph sometimes, but like sometimes in the message, it's like, yeah, I just adore your wetsuits. And I think I don't make wetsuits or I love this dress that you do. And I'm like, I don't do that dress. And it's obviously they've copied and pasted it and mm. they forgot to take that bit out or change it to what they wanted from my mm. brand, whereas they've left it on from the message previously. Oh. And like, don't get me wrong, like, I also. Like, I wouldn't call myself an influencer by all means, but um, I do promote 
businesses and I do get like PR packages and stuff and I started thinking okay maybe the micro influencers that engage with their audience heaps are going to benefit the salty blonde more than the people with like over 10k Mm. it's all about engagement like yeah micro influencing is huge but I guess it's just the way you go about it like sometimes it can be really beneficial and really successful other times it doesn't and it's just like you just gotta roll the dice and see what kind of happens for you unfortunately exactly um yeah so I have some questions that our um so I asked some questions on my Instagram and we got a few so I wanted to read them out for yourself so the first one is, do you have any tips for someone wanting to start their own label? Yeah, so I, I get this message every day from people <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, my tip is to just Google and Google and Google, just keep researching like, yeah, I started off in Bali, but to change and transition into finding new suppliers was yep. just like going down so many rabbit holes on Google trying to find manufacturers and suppliers um a lot of people also message just being like hey like I love your t-shirts which manufacturer do you use Mm. and I love your swimwear which manufacturer do you use and it's just like me yeah well one of my friends um who's got her own swimwear label as well she actually said once and it's like the perfect way to put it is like it's like giving a blueprint to your business to someone else and being like hey here's my years of hard work. You just take it. Like, it's, exactly it's all yours. That. It's exactly that. Yeah. So that, yeah. So it's, it's so hard because I also remember that before I started, I messaged a small business, I think down in Esperance and was like, Hey, like who are you manufacturers? Like, how did you do this? Can I talk your ear off about it? Yeah. I think, oh, fuck. Like I can't be mean to these girls or I can't be like, Oh fuck. Like these girls message me all the time. Because I was once that. Yeah, it's, but it's it is not from a like malicious point of view. It's just it's genuine curiosity. But some people just don't understand how hard it is yeah. to find. And like, I didn't. Mm. Yeah, because I wasn't that passionate about it. I just didn't understand how hard it actually was. Yeah. And now you yeah, do. So yeah, just going down the rabbit hole and Google, try and find a supplier. Like, make sure. Like, my main tip of advice that I give everyone wanting to start is have a job that can pay for this because if you don't have a job that's going to pay for your samples pay for your website you've got so much that you need to pay for Mm -hmm. like even labels and stuff you've there's so much that you don't remember like you want to do a market store you've got to be able to pay for public liability insurance you can't do any market without it so there is so much that you need to pay for so make sure that you've got a job thank god I had hairdressing yeah so hairdressing is what um, paid for my clothing brand to actually happen and if I didn't that is, have that mm. then I wouldn't be able to wow I love that I love that advice if if I also started clothing label that would be perfect to hear <laughs> um uh, the next question is I think you've kind of answered it but was how do you get started it seems like an overwhelming process but I feel like you yeah answered that one yeah. um the next one was biggest challenges you faced for the brand like you've kind of touched on that yeah that would just be the whole not knowing if 
what I've just spent months of designing and months of sampling and shooting and adding to the website. And yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge is paying and doing all this work for something that you mm-hmm. actually don't know is going to do well. Yeah. And I, it, that didn't hit me until one day, one of my launches really didn't do well. And I think I sold like three things and I'd ordered hundred or 150 and I thought wow like I'm so confident in myself that I'm going to sell everything that I design Mm. that when that didn't work it does make me really doubt myself now when I do design new pieces I'm like okay this is awesome but am I going to be able to sell this much yeah so that's probably the biggest challenge it is like that would be me like I have anxiety that would that would be (laughs) so hard to just remember that like you just never know (laughs) I hate not having that control like knowing someone said hey I love you both oh my god so excited what are tips for staying motivated and not getting run down um for me to stay motivated constantly sharing my new collections with my friends like my closest friend group, everything just gets put in that chat and I'm like, all right, ladies, what do we think? <laughs> yeah. And that if they're all super hyped about it, that keeps me motivated to be like, okay, cool, like let's finish this collection. I like hearing their ideas of like what they want as well. Yeah. Um, like surf shorts were brought up a lot. So that may or may not be in the next collection. And I'm Hello, excited. sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like definitely keeping motivated, just like, yeah, keep releasing new stuff. If you can afford it, like releasing new stuff and designing new stuff and getting opinions back from like your closest friends, like and seeing them get excited over it, like makes me get excited. Like I know. And that definitely such- hypes me up and yeah you have such a small like your friend group is just the bloody coolest thing in the world I remember like seeing all like your (laughs) stories and photos of launch parties that you guys have had in the past and I'm just like oh my god I want to be in that friend group (laughs) like having supportive friends like that is just like unmatched you can't ask for anything better than that that is so important um but for me I know like I just want to give my two cents in about to stay motivated. I know for me a huge thing is like keeping like in the front of my brain my why of like why I have my businesses and why like the goals and where I want to end up. For me personally, I really want to retire my parents. Like that's a huge thing for me. That's what like gets me up in the morning, gets me, you know, to work really hard because, you know, I want to do that for them. So I feel like if you have something in your head that, you really want to achieve whether it's a goal or you know a state of mind or whatever I feel like remembering that you know whether that's a note on your fridge or your home screen or like a vision board or something like that that it's always in the forefront of your mind Um, especially when you're having the days where you can't be bothered it'll definitely get you up in the morning and it'll it'll push you so I feel like having a reason of why you're doing this or why you're running this business the business could be anything in the world. Um, I feel like everyone has a why in their own business. And then 100%. someone also said, how do you get into sustainable online work? So I feel like you've also kind of answered that. I just do my research on sustainability and the impact on the environment. And then I can use that in my designs to, and then talk to my manufacturer about it yeah. and he can bring it to life. Oh, See, that's so good that you have such a close relationship with them as well. I um 
I'm obsessed with that. And then the last one, which I feel like, again, you've also kind of answered is where did the idea for your company come from? Um, yeah, the idea just came with the style that I have. Um, just, yeah, just wanted to recreate everything that I wear and I like. Um, the, yeah, the name actually just came from just like a random thing that Lachlan and I came up with in a car. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I just think it fits the brand perfectly now. Mm. Like initially it was the hairdressing name and it was kind of like me, I don't know, blonde likes the beach, just a very big stereotype, yeah. the salty blonde. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just didn't want to pay for another ABN. And I honestly didn't have a lot of hope in myself that my clothing line was going to go anywhere. So yeah. I didn't really want to pay for another ABN because they, they at the time they were very expensive. But since starting, I've got a new business, Palm Cove. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper now for an ABN. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even realise you had another business. You bloody, that's so good. <laughs> that's um, a joint one with my mom. <laughs> but I also couldn't imagine it being called anything else. So I love it. Yeah. I feel like it encapsulates your, encapsulates, is that a word? I'm not sure. It matches your, <laughs> it just comes out. It's over five letters long. Yeah. It I'm just, not sure what it means. look, it seeps out of me and I just roll, I act confident and I'm just going to make it a word. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, like I feel like it fits your brand super well, which yeah. I love. But, yeah, that was the end. I feel like we talked for so long. I love it. <laughs> I'm, like, tapping on the screen, like, how long have we been talking? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on, sharing, giving us your tips, sharing us about motherhood and your story. I definitely feel like it's not the end for you on this podcast. A lot of people were really excited for you to come on. so. Oh, wicked. I know. I wish you all the best for everything and all of your businesses and motherhood. I am so excited uh, to keep watching you and watching you grow. And yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. This was definitely a really fun podcast to come on to. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing but fun on the Overshare Diaries. (laughs) Yeah, literally. All right. Well, Thank you so much and we will speak to you later, guys. Bye.